Uh, thanks so much for uh, allowing us in here on your Thursday. It is the Sports Animals. I'm Josh Pacheco. This is ESPN Honolulu here at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. All of our guests, when they appear, they do so courtesy of our hotline. Hey, contracts seem to be all the rage. Uh, we talked about one, was it yesterday? We talked about Kyler Murray's contract. There's another one that's gaining conversation today. Uh, about trying to uh, hold a star athlete to, well, uh, a standard. Not in the National Football League, but from the NBA. Uh, we'll tell you which player we found out in new contract details has some guidelines that he needs to meet if he's going to get paid a lot of money. That's coming up uh, in just a little while. You can send us your texts to the Zephyr Insurance text line. That is at 808-296-1420. You can call us at 808-296-1420. And you can send us your tweets at Sports Animals. You can get to me at Josh on the radio. Uh, you, you heard this briefly on SportsCenter just a moment ago. Uh, it was uh, Kyler Murray who, for whatever reason, felt like he needed to go and uh, air whatever grievances he had to air and air it to those in the media regarding the contract stipulation that became public that he needed to spend four hours a week, pretty much like uh, in study hall. <laughs> it's not exactly study hall, but you know what I mean. You basically spend four hours of studying without your cell phone, without your Twitch, without your video games, all of that. And uh, don't complain. Just, just do it. And uh, if you do... You're going to get all your money. If you don't, uh, your contract's going to basically be default. And uh, if I were his agent, I would not have recommended what Kyler Murray did today with his impromptu press conference, but he did, and here is why Kyler Murray said he did it. And I don't do this often. I don't talk about myself, but today I feel like I have to. And so I'm going to list the accolades. You know, to go 43-0 in high school in Texas, um, some are going to say, oh, it's high school. That's cool, but nobody else has done it. Um, go to college, win the Heisman, um, get drafted number one overall to the NFL, get drafted number nine overall to the MLB. Again, no one's ever done it. There's multiple different ways to watch film, and, you know, of course, we all watch film. It's not um, That doesn't need to be questioned. Um, but, it's again, I, you know, I, I refuse to, to let my work ethic, my preparation be um, – being questioned. You know, I've put an incomprehensible amount of uh, time and, and blood, sweat, tears, and work into what I do, uh, whether whether it's football or baseball. You know, people can't even comprehend the amount of time that it takes to, to do two sports at a high level in college, you know, let alone do it, you know, be the first person to do it ever at, at my size. It's, like I said, this is, um, it's funny, but, I, you know, to, to those of you out there that believe that I'd be standing here today in front of y'all, Without having a work ethic and without preparing, I'm, I'm honored that you think that, but um, it, it doesn't exist. It's not, it's not possible. It's not possible. Oh, Kyler. Oh, Kyler. Oh, Kyler. Uh, I, again, I would not have recommended Kyler Murray do this today because all Kyler Murray did is just, you know, make things uh, about him. This was all about me. Hey, look at me. I went 43 0. In high school in Texas. And hey, look at me. I could play two sports at a really high level. And hey, look at me. 
if I was so lazy and so this and so that, you really think I'd be standing here today? You know, best thing about all of that from, uh, from Kyler Murray, the best thing is that I don't recall a lot of people saying any of that about Kyler Murray. You know, sometimes it is actually best when something comes out that may be unflattering, may not be good. Sometimes it's it's uh, it's it's best to leave it alone. Just let it be what it be, and uh, you know, move on. Let your work moving forward tell the story about how good or how successful you are. Because I would have guaranteed you, we'd get to next week, you wouldn't hear a lot of people talking about Kyler Murray's contract. As we're going into camp, and as we're getting into you know preseason games next week and all that, all this stuff about Kyler Murray's uh, ability to study would be gone. But Kyler didn't prove anything different today. All he did was basically admit that I am who I am, which we already knew. And with the Arizona Cardinals in putting their clause in their contract, what they basically did was say, yeah, we know who you are, which is why we're paying you, but this is what we need you to be. And everything today about what Kyler Murray did showed you what Kyler Murray is not. Let's let's explain all that. See, when the Arizona Cardinals are saying, we need you to spend four hours a week, they're not saying you're not studying. And, and listen, none of us ever said, you're not studying. None of us ever said, you're not doing your job. Um, all we've said is, look, this is in the contract. There's a reason why this is in the contract. It's they feel you're not doing enough. Don't get mad at the keyboard warriors on Twitter or whatever social media platform that you subscribe to that say negative things. Don't get mad at anybody on the debate shows because they didn't write your contract and they didn't sign it for you. The Cardinals wrote the contract. You and your agent looked through it and... You signed it. So I don't, I don't want to hear any complaints about that. Stop that right now. You signed that. They're saying we need more. We need you to give more time because, as you admitted, um, uh, you know, you had, uh, you had admitted in December to the New York Times, hey, you don't really need to do as much film study. You see and you do. And, hey, it's worked. That's cool. The Cardinals have an expectation of more, and that's why they're paying you more, and that's why they want you to subscribe to doing more. So, you know, that's that's kind of the first gist of it, is is that he doesn't get it. He doesn't, he doesn't get what the criticism actually is. The criticism is not he's lazy, and he shouldn't say it, because I don't, you can't be lazy to get here. I don't think any of us in our right minds believe he is. It's not that you're lazy, it's that, well, 
you're not leading like you should. And that's what they're asking for. Secondly, if I am any other individual in that locker room today, I leave the facility, going home, uh, looking at the headlines, and as everybody talks about camp and everybody gets ready for preseason games, and, and, and what are you seeing? Uh, you're seeing, oh, Kyler's talking about himself. It's, it's all about him, his work ethic, his ability, his skill. I'd be pretty ticked off today because, hey, some of that coverage that should be meant for our coaches talking about me, our coaches talking about our teammate, our coaches talking about this, our coaches talking about that, that got taken away because our QB1 wanted to act like he was number one um, and go call his own audible. And that should rub you the wrong way. This is why we have said exactly everything we said yesterday and why it's come back today. Not like, honestly, I would have not even planned to have it come up today, except he brought it back up today. And so here we sit. It was... The proof right there that Kyler only figured out, you know, the only way to get people off my back is to talk about me some more. Here's what he doesn't understand. The the one other thing he doesn't understand in this whole conversation, and our text line, our Zephyr Insurance text line, is at 808-296-1420. You can call us at 808-296-1420. Here's the other thing about it, is that uh, if Kyler is so happy with what he's done, if he is okay with what he has done getting to this point, then Kyler will have proven everything that has been said of him uh, and will have proven every reason why the contract stipulates what it stipulates to give us this conversation. You know, when there is a point where you are satisfied, and and I believe this about my industry and the people who work in this industry, Uh, Because we are a creative industry. Uh, I believe this in many other creative industries. I believe this in high-paying industries. I, I subscribe to this theory that once you are satisfied with what you have done and what you have accomplished, if you are at a point where you're just, you're, you're celebrating your accolades instead of being hungry and pushing and grinding to do more, that is the day where your value plummets. That's probably the day. I'll, 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 uh, I'll bring it back to, to our industry. In our industry, the way I've put it is, um, when there is a point that you believe um, that you would stop working hard or, or, or stop learning, yeah, there's the point you believe you'd stop learning Uh, or you believe that you've done all there is that you can do, then it's time for you to quit or retire. Because there is always something new to learn in this business. There is always always something more that you can do. It never stops, it never evolves, and if you're not willing to go with it, then, you know, you're going to kind of sit by yourself. 
and that's what I saw. That's what I heard today. I heard from that one individual, Kyler Murray, look at me. I've done this. This is why I'm here. When really, in, in reality, where are you? You're a professional football player. That's great. Is that as far as you want to go? I mean, the next real step you should want to take is I want to be a Super Bowl champion. And I want to put in the work to be said Super Bowl champion, which means the work you're putting in now is not enough. That's why the Cardinals have something in your contract to say so. And all that belief in whether Kyler Murray can take you to that next level today just kind of threw it away, frankly. Uh, incredibly gifted, raw talent, uh, skilled beyond belief. But frankly, he is clueless if he understands what it takes for him to be not just a, a pro quarterback, but to be a Super Bowl quarterback. And he proved it today how clueless he really is in that area. Our text line, the Zephyr Insurance text line at 808-296-1420. Call us at 808-296-1420. The other thing he has to realize is, um, and I don't, I don't think this part is the indictment on him, but more clubs, I think more clubs do this now, and more clubs should. The more money you spend, the more nine-figure contracts you put out, the more you put up stuff eight figures per year, uh, the more clause – at some point, you're going to run out of clauses. I mean, you're going to have a clause for someone, you know, every time that someone breathes, they get $1,000 just for breathing in the locker room. There are so many clauses we have right now in sports, and at some point, you just kind of have to get over it at this point. Uh, so what's uh, what's what's going to be next? It's – you know, you're, you're all of a sudden going to have to have, um, you know uh, – uh, clauses for uh, for studying and 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 your weight and all of that. That's where you go next. That's the only logical place you go next. This is what what you see in this contract is going to become more of the norm in the next few years because that is now the guideline to which you can hold people accountable even when you pay them absurd amounts of money. It is the Sports Animals. I'm Josh Pacheco. This is ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Uh, you can send us your texts uh, at 808-296-1420. Call us there. Tweet us at Sports Animals at Josh on the radio. The other contract we learned today that has some, uh, uh, some clauses in it that have nothing to do with uh, points per game and whatever, we saw that in the NBA. So uh, we've talked about one contract that basically said you need to study or else. Well, there's one contract we learned today. Uh, maybe it wasn't about studying, but it had to do with, uh, with, with basically keeping himself in shape. And uh, that contract was of Zion Williamson. See, what we got with the Arizona Cardinals contract is we now have opened the floodgates 
to everybody looking at getting out these, uh, you know, now we're all going to be looking to what these clauses are. And we're going to learn probably that these clauses are a little more normal than everybody makes them out to be. But we're going to do the work for them. Uh, the good folks in the media, the great hardworking people in this industry are going to go and, and do their digging and they're going to find out some things. And they're going to put it in front of us to uh, to understand and to know because, well, these contracts will tell us a whole lot about. Uh, in in Arizona's case, they don't think they don't they don't think uh, Kyler Murray's lazy. They want Kyler Murray to be a leader. They want they want Kyler Murray to step up. They're not calling him lazy. They're not disrespecting him. They want him to be a leader. Zion Williamson signed his max contract earlier this month, right? Five years, $193 million, could go up as far as $231 million. Now, there is an important clause here. Um, he could lose guaranteed money if he does not weigh in at a particular point on the scale. This is according to the New Orleans Times-Picayune. The... Uh, the contract stipulates that he must weigh in at below 295 pounds periodically throughout the deal. They're going to monitor his body fat percentage. And if he fails to hit that mark, then he's going to lose some of his money. Now, why do you do it? It's not that you don't think he can't. It's not that he's not capable of it. It's because you gave him a max contract. And sometimes you just need to give a little bit more of that push in order to get someone uh, to be just a little more motivated. Because it's not like he's not. It's, it's it's not like uh, he doesn't know what's up. He probably does. But they if they're going to spend potentially up to about 200, uh, 200 some odd million dollars over five years, your maximum, then uh, you know you're, you're going to need some accountability for it. And Zion's got a private chef, and he's you know he's doing some of the work here in the offseason to get there. But that's why you have something in there where you've got to be at 295 pounds throughout. You've got to keep your weight down, and you you can't have any other of those issues because guess what? He's played about one year's worth of games in three, and we make fun of people like. Kyrie Irving because Kyrie Irving hasn't played a lot of games here recently. A lot of that is for personal reasons. In fact, most of that is for personal reasons. Um, this isn't. And Zion is gifted. Zion is really, 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 really good. He just needs to be on the court. And I'm no expert in science, but I'd be willing to believe if he can get his weight back down to, you know, when he was at one point, I don't know, if he can get it down about 270, 265, 270, 
instead of being right around 295. Uh, he was at 285 at Duke. He was 284 before he was taken as the number one pick in the draft. If he can get it closer to that, Zion's going to go back to being an absolute force. And the league is going to be great with Zion playing and with Zion dominating. He needs it. New Orleans needs it. The league needs it. And, uh, and, and that's where we sit. See, it's not all it, – it doesn't have to be. And I, I think we learned our lesson, too, yesterday. The initial shock of seeing contract details come out, you know, yeah, very shocking. And it usually is very, very negative. I think we learned after yesterday and even earlier today that, in, in all honesty, it actually doesn't have to be. That it really can be more motivating rather than you know deprecating. It can be more positive than negative. What it really should be, though, is how the individual who signs the contract takes it. And I guess also if the individual actually read the contract that he signed. Um, but how that individual takes it could potentially go a long way to determining how they end up performing under the weight of said contract. And for all of the talk over the last couple of days about, again, now Zion and before that Kyler Murray, we're going to forget about it in September. And uh, I hope, especially for Kyler's sake, I hope, because I don't want to see a guy fail. I don't want to see a guy struggle. I hope that this turns into a career year for him that this gives him just a little more uh, of a chip on his shoulder and makes him ultra successful on a team that's going to need him to be really good to be successful. I love when breaking news happens over the, uh, the course of the show, especially when it comes from something we've just spent time talking about. Right as I'm ready to just walk away from uh, Kyler Murray and uh, the Arizona Cardinals and this whole independent study thing. Well, the Arizona Cardinals have removed that clause from his contract. Literally just down here uh, in the last couple of minutes. The Cardinals have released a statement on what is now the removal of that from his contract. And that statement says, and I quote, After seeing the distraction it created, we removed the addendum from the contract. It was clearly perceived in ways that were never intended. Our confidence in Kyler Murray is as high as it's ever been, and nothing demonstrates our belief in his ability to lead this team more than the commitment reflected in this contract. Close quote. <laughs> oh, nothing screams, I have no backbone, like the Arizona Cardinals caving into... I don't know what they're caving into, frankly. But I guess we should have had some idea that this was going to happen because when Kyler did his his impromptu press conference earlier today, um, the Cardinals actually posted some of it on their social media. And, and normally in instances like that, you just kind of leave it alone. You know, it's uh, it is what it is. 
you you know the player got media attention. You don't have to put it on your on your own account. It's a little more critical of you than it is any you know than it is anything else. So you just kind of ignore it. They didn't ignore it, um, and it all kind of comes together now to say, all right, um, the Cardinals. I think we're a little more aware, and I think they're now seeing. Uh, that maybe it's best that they remove this. But I think I can also read between the lines on what the Cardinals did because the effects, the effects still worked. Forget the contract. Forget what's written in the contract. The effect still worked. You have put pressure, and maybe it wasn't you that put the pressure, uh, but you put it in the contract, and somebody leaked contract details, and it got to the media, and voila. Pressure. Um, you've made it very clear through these means that Kyler Murray needs to step up. That he needs to be a better leader. He needs to do a little bit more by example as compared to referring to his natural abilities or, or reverting to his natural abilities, which he has plenty of that uh, you have set that mark very clearly. Just because you take it out of the contract, and what's, what's the only effect? You're not taking away his money. If you catch him um, playing Madden when he's supposed to be studying the playbook, you're not going to be taking away guaranteed money, but you are going to be setting a tone that, hey, I mean, we kind of, this is why we did it, Right. Uh, but you've now made it public. It is now public knowledge that you need to be better, and I think he has gotten the point. The contract does not need to say it anymore. It's gone in writing. It's there in his head. It is there in his teammates' minds. It is there in his coaches' minds. It is there in his agents' mind. And it's there in our minds that clearly... He needs to do more, and uh, and and hopefully, um, hopefully that this uh, this in do, indeed does do that for him. Texter from the uh, Texas from the Zephyr Insurance text line at 808-296-1420. It is the Sports Animals. I'm Josh Pacheco. You're listening to ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Um, as we get closer, by the way, to uh, uh, to preseason games. Remember, three preseason games, unless you're playing in the Hall of Fame game, then you have four, which is for the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars and the Las Vegas Raiders. And uh, as we get a little closer as well, you have that week between the final preseason game and the regular season, where normally you have final preseason games all on a Thursday, and then you're playing in your regular season the very next Thursday. That's not the case here. Uh, you have that extra week in between. As we we get toward the year and reminding ourselves that it's an 18 week season, uh, 17 games and a bye. This, I mean, last year what it was the the pandemic, and it was uh, kind of a, a, a tightening of the ship with the 18 weeks, but also kind of managing the preseason the way it was. This is really the first true real test year of the preseason and how it's going to work with the three games 
how it's going to work, giving yourself time between that last re- uh, preseason game and the first regular season game, how these coaches are going to make decisions based on uh, the one less game. I remember, it wasn't it, uh, gosh, wasn't it two years ago or was it last year where they had just one or I think they got rid of it all together? Uh, so we're, we're going to see for the first time in a while you know, the, this this revamped preseason and how it's going to make a difference. So we're, we're going to pay attention very closely to that and teams that have decisions uh, that they need to make, how quickly they need to make them in, uh, in the preseason. And that includes teams uh, with quarterback questions, with quarterback concerns, who have a quarterback battle that is one less game to work through it. Uh, And it means how much time are you willing to give to determine who your starter is going to be? I'm looking in Carolina. Uh, I am uh, there specifically, especially with Baker Mayfield joining joining that team along with Sam Darnold. That's one of the key ones. Uh, I'm also looking at places like Marcus Mariota is not going to lose his job. He's the starter, but I'm going to be watching to see, uh, see the youngster behind him and how quickly... He gets accustomed uh, to the professional game. How quick do you see it in the preseason over the course of a quicker preseason? Uh, at that quarterback position, we're going to learn some of that, I think, uh, uh, very early on. I need to start a side business. The cameo business. Just, just think. You could make money with your voice. For someone else's benefit, I don't know how much money it is. I don't know who does it. Uh, I don't know how easy it is. Uh, Kiki, you could probably look this up for me, what it takes to be on Cameo. I, how, why, why am I even bringing this up? Uh, go on the interwebs and uh, check out Coach Timmy Chang on the, uh, on the Twitter because someone decided, I think it was like a UH fan, they decided they were going to go to Cameo and they wanted to find someone to uh, to read out a shout-out to the University of Hawaii football team. And who did they find to voice this cameo? It was none other than William Hung. Yeah, that guy uh, from uh, from American Idol. He did a... Uh, he did a, a, a shout-out to the University of Hawaii football team, which... Like it lists all the coach. He lists all the coaches. He mentions Timmy. And then he's like, uh, I, I, at the end, he's like, go bows instead of you know go go bows. He didn't, I don't think he realized it's bows, not bows. Pronunciation guide. Keegan, what are you doing here? You, you've given me your computer with cameo. Why? Jump onto the microphone here. Why? Why have you done this to me? Well, you said you wanted to see what it was. There you go. No. Okay. No, but tell me what I'm looking at here so because you've just, you've just put this computer in front of me with a Cameo website and a whole bunch of things, and I don't understand what I'm looking at. So so help me out here. What, what am I looking at? Okay, so Cameo.com is a website where there's basically different celebrities such as athletes, such as singers, and even mascots. I know Mr. and Mrs. Met is on there, so for Kanoa Leahy listening there, yeah. Um, you can basically use this. Uh, you pay the money on it. You can have them say whatever you want, like a celebration or a birthday or an anniversary or something like that. 
you can choose, and I guess there's different prices for these different celebrities, but you can do that on Cameo.com. Mr. and Mrs. Met are 75 bucks and up to get some to get a mascot to voice something. 75 plus bucks. But okay, here's one. Here's one for you, for Mr. Packers fan. Brett Favre's on there for four hundred dollars and above. Yeah, I, I see that. Uh, I also see that there's a sale on Kurt Angle. <laughs> there, there's nothing that screams uh, needing work when you've dropped your price for your cameo. When you're spending, when you're saying a hundred, but all of a sudden now it's seventy-five. Like no one wants Kurt Angle to voice something as part of their life. Anyway, if I'm if I'm understanding this correctly, because I've I've never done it. Don't you think this could be a good side business for uh, for for this radio show or for this radio station? I guess technically, what 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 did that be called? Commercials, right? Voicing commercials. I guess that would be called endorsements. I don't. I guess I don't know if we'd be allowed to do that. That might be the uh, the 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 gray area. But I've seen all these. Like, if you if you're one of those people addicted to uh, playing games on your phone, like there's one of those. Uh, was it Cedric the Entertainer who's, who's uh, got his voice behind, like, one of those bingo games? Just because someone paid him to do it on Cameo, and he just did it, had his video and his voice on it, and, and he's and he's there. Um, I guess it's this is a way for William Hung to stay relevant by being on Cameo because his music career certainly didn't jump off of American Idol. <laughs> where, where did it go? Bows. Uh, <laughs> um, but don't you think, Keegan, do you think if, if we weren't bound by the rules of, I don't know, whatever rules we had to follow here, uh, you think I could make some money on Cameo if, if, if someone needed me to voice something like a, like a happy birthday or, uh, I don't know, something for someone's, uh, I don't know, bar mitzvah or something you, you think might I could be able to, it's just, it depends. It's like, it, it. Really, honestly, it just depends on how much. Well, one, how much money, mm-hmm. and number two, like the uh, the celebrity aspect of it. I mean, there's a sports reporters page here too. Is there a sports reporters page? Really? Yes. Oh, I want to know what sports reporters have stooped low to the to the cameo to go fund their side income. Uh, I also want to know what sports reporters aren't making much money in this industry. <laughs> I will. I, I'll, I'll give you a few that that should be re- very recognizable. Scott Hansen. How much money what? do you think? Red zone guys on Cameo? Yep, but how much do you think how much do you think uh, oh, they're I get, charging? But, well, actually, I, I guess I could understand that. He is so recognizable that this is a perfect side hustle for him. I'm guessing Scott Hansen's about four hundred bucks a pop. Two twenty two plus. Oh. Well, I mean, how many two point conversions happen on red zone, so why not? Okay, who else? Dean Blandino's on here. Uh yeah, if the referee thing doesn't work out. Then, uh, then I can understand. Uh, I just, I would, I would spend how, how much money for Dean Blandino? Thirty dollars. That's it. <laughs> uh, I would, I would spend thirty bucks just to have Dean Blandino voice something. Uh, oh boy, you know, I, I, I'm honestly thinking about spending the money on it. Uh, when Chris and Gary are on the air, and. They do buy or sell filling in on the Bobby Kern show. And one of the two doesn't understand the question being asked by Tanner Hayworth during buy or sell. 
I would love to have $30 to spend to hear Dean Blandino in his official's voice say, false start, insert name here. Five-yard penalty, repeat the question. That could be a good use of 30 bucks for uh, for the show, and I could probably write it off. Okay, who's next? Okay, I got two more for you then of a uh, big note here. How about Reese Davis, ESPN's college game day host? He's he's gained popularity, um, especially in college circles. I could understand that. That makes a lot of sense. And uh, how much do you think he goes for? Um, I'm willing to think Reese Davis is going for about 88 bucks. 119. Okay, not bad. All right, one more. One more. Ariel Hawani. Uh, Ariel Hawani. Uh, of course, uh, formerly of ESPN. Uh, he's now with what Showtime. He's doing a lot of MMA and boxing stuff. Ariel's probably super expensive. Um, I'm willing to think that he is at about 175 a pop. Take out the 75. It's just one Benjamin. What? One dollar. No, one. No, no one. Oh, one Benjamin. Okay, one hundred dollars. One hundred dollars. I'm surprised. I'm. I might be able to afford Ariel Hawani. Well, actually, Ariel. I still have Ariel Vo from when he used to work for ESPN. I. I don't. I don't need an Ariel Hawani cameo. I was thinking when you said sports reporters, I thought you actually meant sports writers. Yeah. I thought you were taught. Those aren't. Those are TV personalities. Oh, there are writers I, on here too. I think. See, I thought you meant. People who write about sports for a living in, a, in what is supposedly the dying medium of sports writing because everything now is about video and clicks. The writing is less important, and I'm being kind of facetious. Anybody who writes sports for a living, I don't want them to take it like I literally mean it. Um, I'm just talking about what everybody has, has thought they've believed in this industry, just like everybody's believed radio's dead. It's not. We're still kicking. Um uh, I just thought that maybe we were talking about like newspaper beat writers or something. Do it. Do a Google search for me. Not a Google search. I'm sorry. Is Steven Sai on Cameo? Because that would be classic. Not only that, but I'm going to give you a little bit of, of uh, inside hardball just because we do all the Zoom press conferences. Uh, would he do Cameo from his car, which is like his uh, his office when he wants to get out of the house? He's not there. Steven Sai's not on Cameo? Well, now that he's heard it, he's probably, he'll probably think about it. Uh, Mike texts in, I'll spend $5 for a Josh Pacheco Cameo. That's, uh, you know what? They call them in, uh, in, in the sales business in really small market stations, they call them the $5 holla because they all add up. Every $5 hit after $5 hit after $5 hit, they all add up to become a, a, a lot more than just 5 bucks. I'll take that. If, if you want to give me 5 bucks to do a Cameo, I'll go on Cameo. Then, of course, have to pay the service fee, and you don't make the 5 bucks after that. It's probably closer to, like, 3 Well, why not? They can make money off of that. Uh, Zephyr Insurance text line is at uh, 808-296-1420. Uh, Aaron Judge, walk-off home run, bottom of the ninth inning. Yankees over the Royals, one nothing. Uh, Judge, his 39th home run of the season on a day where the Yankees welcomed Andrew Benintendi to the Yankee lineup. He goes 0-4 with a strikeout against his now-former team, 
the Kansas City Royals. Game one of that series. Game two uh, coming up tomorrow. That on our sister station, CBS 1500. We've got SportsCenter uh, coming up here in just a little bit. Keegan Ota's got the latest on what's going on. Plus, all these Shohei Otani trade rumors. Is it actually bound to happen if we're now throwing all these ideas out, or are we just kind of playing ourselves here toward the deadline? Thanks for making us a part of your Thursday. It is the Sports Animals here on ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. The guys have uh, morning show duty. I'm Josh Pacheco. Thank you so much for taking us along on your drive home. Uh, we'll get a traffic update here in about 15 minutes. I know at times here in downtown Honolulu, it's been busy. They've had some uh, uh, some work done down here on some utility stuff. That kind of affected us today, actually. Uh, I know they've cleaned that up for the uh, for the rush hour traffic. Uh, so things get a little bit better here downtown. Uh, but our traffic, our booming traffic voice will check in here in a little bit and uh, give us an update on how things are everywhere else here on the island today. Uh, you can text in. Our Zephyr Insurance text line is at 808-296-1420. You can call us at 808-296-1420, and you can uh, tweet the program at Sports Animals. You can tweet me at Josh on the radio. Uh, it's our job, I guess, to kind of figure out as we uh, as we near in the trade deadline in Major League Baseball, it's it's our job to kind of figure out well what is what's there just for clicks, and what's there for you know just actual uh, actual reasoning, and we're getting our 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 best taste at this uh, here with Shohei Otani. Are we talking about Shohei Otani because it's good for clicks, it's good for uh, good for views, good for ratings? Is that why Shohei Otani is coming up in uh, in trade conversations, or is Shohei Otani coming up because there is real, actual belief that his name is up, and that there are good possible trade uh, partners that you could work with? So you can start over again, and uh, you can ship them out to wherever uh, whoever wants them for some kind of a, a, a playoff push. I was I, I just had a little while ago. Uh, we were watching the end of the Yankee game, and and right around that time they were also putting up the uh, trade scenarios, and there were a whole bunch of them, like the Angels, the Braves. Uh, well, obviously he plays for the Angels, the Braves, the Dodgers. The Cardinals, the uh, the Mariners were four teams specifically that had come up in part of that conversation as, uh, you know, potential trade partners in a deal that would get Shohei Otani out of Los Angeles. Now, ultimately, the Angels have to want to make the move. And there is good business reason why you don't. But then again, um, the business part of the conversation only takes you so far. Right? The, the, the business end of keeping Shohei Otani is that Shohei Otani is the reason why people show up to your games. No offense, Mike Trout. You're really good. Um, but Shohei Otani is the star attraction 
it's like going to a movie. You're willing to spend the outrageous prices to go see the movie. You're willing to spend the outrageous prices to buy food, to go watch the show. You know, he is the price of admission. Even when the team is awful, you are still willing to go and pack Angel Stadium. It's it's like if, if Tom Cruise were to make a really bad movie, more often than not, you're probably still going to want to watch it, at least try to watch it, just because it's Tom Cruise. You're interested in watching Tom Cruise, and you're going to give him the benefit of the doubt until you realize the movie's so bad uh, that you won't listen to Rotten Tomatoes. You'll still you'll spend the money. You'll buy the $10 popcorn, the $7.50 large drink, and and maybe some snacks. By the time you've finished watching the movie, after buying two tickets, buying food and drink for two, you've probably spent about 70 bucks. And after ignoring Rotten Tomatoes and you know, their awful rating for said actor in said movie, after spending that 70 bucks, you realized, oh, yeah, this was bad. I should have listened to Rotten Tomatoes. You know, Shohei Otani is on a team that Rotten Tomatoes would never give a good grade if it were a movie. Yet, you're going to go because what cool thing is he going to do next? You're not going to see the Angels win. I mean, if you're a, a diehard Angels fan, of course, you're going to want to see them win. But if you could care less about the Angels, you're not going to see them win. You're going to see if Shohei Otani is going to do both pitching and hitting uh, like he is today. And you're going to go to see if uh, he's going to make some kind of new record. Uh, steal a base and hit a home run and strike out 10 and, uh, you know, whatever other record you could come up with in the statistical era of Major League Baseball. And you're going to want to say, hey, I spent 60 bucks a ticket. I, I'm probably lowballing it. Spent 60 bucks a ticket. Uh, bought my $9 beer. Bought my kid a $6 water. Uh, hot dog for 9 bucks times three, I don't, I don't know. And after spending maybe about 130, 140 bucks, you didn't go to see whether one team won or lost. You just wanted to see one player do really, really well. That's the business sense of why the Los Angeles Angels should never get rid of Shohei Otani because um, you'd never want to get rid of your best asset, your best moneymaker. You never do. But you know, um, everything has... Uh, everything has a shelf life. And the way we determine shelf life is is very different. So, for example, normally in sports, when we talk about shelf life, we're usually describing the shelf life of players' capabilities. And so it's usually when someone hits their 30s, we start to wonder, um, you know, are, are they going downhill? I mean, we've we've said this about LeBron James and been proven wrong all the time. Uh, it's been it's been around the interwebs today. Max Kellerman six years ago when he said that uh, Tom Brady was was his his career was basically so far in decline he was going down a cliff. He's won a bunch of Super Bowls since. Uh, freezing cold takes has that one pretty pretty much nailed down. You get to your 30s and we start talking about you know depreciation of your talent and. Uh, uh, what that makes you is as far as your value. 
Sometimes we look at that. Um, but business-wise, you still mean you still have to win, right? And when you haven't been winning, at some point, you have to make the determination. We're making all this money. We've got Major League Baseball. Um, We've we got baseball games airing in Asia because of Shohei Otani. He is the biggest global superstar. He is a worldwide phenomenon. And, it, and, and the Angels are the team that are banking on that more than anybody else. And why would we give up what makes us uh, an international team? That's because they are. Uh, really because of, of one individual. That's great. If you are one of the worst teams in baseball, that ability to bring in big, you know, big dollars because you've got someone who's a draw every night, whether you're good or bad, uh, at some point it gets old. And you have to kind of determine at that point, when do you realize that you can't win? Like, they should be able to. And we've said this time and time again. The Angels should be one of the best teams in baseball. Front office, there's a lot of ego in the front office led by ownership and Artie Moreno. Uh, they have parted ways with a lot of managers here recently, uh, especially Joe Madden near the beginning of the year, and, and Phil Nevin's not done much better. Of course, Mike Sosha was there for a long time. He's uh, He was working with the uh, CCL uh, as a was he a coach in the the All Star Showcase? I think he was uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Um, they should be so much better than they are, but there is a whole lot of interference from the front office, and it's very clear that the manager of the team is not necessarily running the entire show. At some point, even that one guy that you show up to the ballpark to watch because you don't want to miss the next crazy cool thing that that individual does, at some point that wears off. Not to the fault of that individual player, but to the fault of the product that the player, unfortunately, is a part of. You know, I feel bad for Shohei Otani because he should be on a team that is much better. He deserves better. He is a, uh, he's a great vehicle for Major League Baseball for everything that's positive about the sport, for everything that's fun about the sport. So much, time, so much in our industry is so negative. He is actually one of the most fun things about that sport that we can all just kind of gather around and have fun with. Um, but the realization here is if you've gone as far as you can with him, if you're not winning, like even next year, if you're not winning with him, you're going to have less fans who go to the ballpark to say, um, I want to I want to see Shohei Otani in person. They're going to say, "Well, I've seen him on TV for the last couple of years and uh, you know, what realistically is there anything new that he can he can do?" At some point, that is going to wear off, especially if you're a team that is like 50 and 90. I'm, I'm they're not 50 and 90 now, but you, you know what I mean, that they're just they're bad. And at some point, um you've got to balance one player versus the entirety of a team. The entirety of that team is is ridiculously, ridiculously awful. So 
for 42 and 56 as they are, I don't I, – I, I honestly don't think that it's ridiculous to think about a trade, especially now that we know that Mike Trout has some kind of a condition that is rare that might impact him over the remainder of his career that deals with his back because we know how, how – this is going to sound very generic and very basic, but – um, we know how important that is to everything that you do in baseball defensively at the plate. Um, just your your ability to, to cover the outfield. All of that is really important. Uh, a back issue can be a major problem. And I'm not I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to overestimate that. Um that can really derail someone's career regardless of I, I know there's a lot of people that are trying to say it's oh it's not that big of a deal it it very it really could derail his career so mike trout to me is no longer really tradable uh, he's he's someone that i think you're kind of stuck with I mean, he has a massive contract but the depreciation now of his value is unfortunate because you're going to have that lingering around now. You know, how much is uh, is his back going to affect his his worth moving forward? So now it's almost like if you have to listen to something that is meaningful, any kind of trade value that is meaningful, there there's only one name left that is a real trade commodity. And that's Shohei. Like you don't want to lose the profit because, I mean, frankly, you you trade him away, you're just an ordinary baseball team. There's no reason for, for people to go. I mean, I don't see as many people clamoring to go to an Angels game to go watch Mike Trout. There's no other reason to go there and, and watch that game unless you're a fan or you like collecting stuff from different ballparks you go to. But there's nothing else. There's no excitement. There's no fun. You're just a, a listless baseball team. Realistically, though, the winning has to come around at some point. And the longer you wait to flip around your franchise, because it's what, it, it can take four to five to six years to flip around stars to create a, a, a winning franchise again, to build up your farm system and to, to grow a winner instead of just buying a winner the angels can't buy a winner they have to grow one uh honestly the longer you wait the longer it's going to take for you to find that winner uh in that that four to five to six year time frame it might be as much as i i would would hate to see it because I love all the business of Shohei Otani as an angel. I love the business side of it. He, he's honestly a great fit. I'm not an Angels fan. I don't care if the Angels win or lose. But if I were a fan of that team, I'm not a fan for highlights and cool things. I'm a fan because I want to see the team win. And how long can you stand to see a talented team 
lose potentially near 90 games. That's not fun. So realistically, you put the business to the side because the business at the end of the day, the baseball business is to win. And to win consistently because one player is only going to have really what a, 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 a one to two decade cycle at the most. That's not long-term good business. I would love to see, I would love to see the Mariners with Shohei Otani. Again, not a not a Mariners fan. You're looking at me funny. Why are you looking at me funny when I say that? I would love to see it um, just because I keep thinking of Ichiro back in Seattle. And honestly, I think that that area, they would love and embrace Shohei Otani. He would, uh, he would surpass, I think, a lot of what Ichiro did. Was that why you gave me a face, Keegan Ota? Uh, I was like, what's wrong with that idea? Oh, I was I was giving that face because it's like, well, what right now? What would Seattle give? Like, oh, I don't know. That's the thing. I'm 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 not even going to the to the giving part. I'm just I'm just looking at where you'd love to see him. I don't want to see with the Dodgers. I'm mean, as a as a Giants fan. I I don't need to see that. I don't want to, um, for, as a, as Giants fans, we don't want to see him anywhere in the NL. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Uh, just like we don't want to see the Padres land uh, Juan Soto, which apparently is uh, the the big rumor right now is that the Padres are in serious talks to acquire Soto from the Washington Nationals. Stay away, uh, stay away from the division. But uh, unless it's to the Giants themselves, yeah. But we know that's a long shot, uh, and I'm not holding my breath. The Giants are not buyers. The Giants right now are playing as bad of baseball as anybody is in the majors right now and it it's it's painful i i don't like saying that i feel like i need to go walk out of this studio and take a shower after saying that uh, it's a disappointing thing to say but they're not good and they're not buying anything here at the deadline the mets are apparently they're t- acquiring tyler Naquin, uh, naquin and uh, phil deal from the reds uh, that's according to uh mlb networks can uh, actually no he's not with mlb network anymore he got let go because the commissioner didn't like him. That's from uh, the Athletics' Ken Rosenthal. I forgot. Ken Rosenthal got let go by MLB Network because the commissioner got all sensitive and didn't want anybody on MLB Network that was critical of the commissioner, which is why he's no longer there. But he's uh, he is reporting that Mets trade. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, Seattle is, I think, the the best destination uh, and Seattle's been one of the more intriguing teams this year. Of the other ones that I saw kind of come down earlier, the the other one I would throw out is uh, it, it it maybe not great market wise, and I'm going to throw the the business part of sports out there. Uh, but I will uh, I'll, I'll throw out St. Louis. Shohei Otani and Albert Pujols, of course, Pujols a former Angel for a brief period of time. Shohei and Albert Pujols on the same team. I'll take that for a, a, a September stretch run. Patrick Texton, trade Shohei to L.A. or SF. Your thoughts? Yeah, uh, he's he's not going to San Francisco. <laughs> he, he would love it. It's not happening. Um, and honestly, the identity of Giants baseball 
as much as I would love Shohei Otani as a Giant, the identity of Giants baseball is not something that Shohei Otani gives you. This is going to sound very like college-esque, but the identity of the Giants under Gabe Kapler, you can do pretty much anything. Um, we're going to rotate around a bunch of guys. There is going to be no Iron Man, but everyone on that 26-man roster is going to play. Everyone's going to contribute. Everyone's going to need to be ready, and everyone's going to need to be accountable. Um, they are going to play a, uh, a different brand of baseball, and I don't think uh, I don't think a Shohei Otani fits that. Uh, that that Giants team is not a star laden team, and that's quite okay. They just need to start winning games, and they they were at one point. They're definitely not now. Three and a half back in the uh, nationally wild card, but that's just not a good fit. Cool. It's like one of those, you know, it's one of those things that it's, it's great. You, you want to collect it because you just want to say you had it, but really like you have it. And then a couple weeks later, you're like, uh, whatever. I, I, I have it, but it's not like I really care. And it goes to waste. We've got a Sports Center update coming up in uh, just a couple of moments. It is the Sports Animals. I'm Josh Pacheco. You're listening to ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Uh, our Zephyr Insurance text line is where we find Jeff, who says, uh, helmets. There's, uh, you saw the story, Rob DeMello first, uh, first put it up on social media, the uh, the new Hawaii helmet with the the H, the placement of the uh, the island chain, and the ability to to earn some helmet stickers on there. Uh, Texter Jeff says, "I like the H and Islands helmet with the classic rainbow." Says uh, that's the second close, uh, second closest. I'm guessing uh, uh, his favorite helmet. You, you know what I I like about I don't I'm, I'm not a huge uh, helmet fashion person i i'm i I used to like uni watch paul lucas's uni watch when it was on espn.com and i read that uh religiously every week when teams came up with uh whether it was like new font on a jersey uh or or new colors whatever it was i i was on that truly religiously because uh i i wanted to see some of those things helmets uh not as much so when I see, uh, hey, there's a there's a new helmet coming or a new helmet, uh, a, a, a new helmet sticker or a, not not sticker design is what I'm looking for. It doesn't it doesn't really impact me as much, honestly, except for the the one part that I think is is much more important in it, and that is, you know. The fact that it's being done locally, that you've got someone who is here, who understands Hawaii football, understands um, you know what fits the brotherhood, uh, understands what uh, how what Hawaii football should look like in the current branding and the current scheming of what it is, that. Um, to me, that means more than anything else. That you've kept it kind of like here. Uh, 
because it's easy to go and, and take it somewhere else when you've got contracts with an apparel, you know, contracts with this company and contracts with that company and contracts with another company. I mean, we were always, you know, constantly reminded of, uh, you know, the, the, the H logo as it currently sits. And the person who was so instrumental in creating that H logo works in this building. You know, uh, again, you talk about keeping things, keeping your identity, keeping your branding, keeping your image and your vision. You're keeping it local. You're keeping it identifiable. And as I've been, you know, I, to me, inclusion is huge. And that's why the whole brotherhood thing and the inclusion of it to me has been kind of an important thing is, uh, you know, having that, ha having that is, uh, is, is also part of why this is, this is important. Not, it, it's, it's not the graphics. It's not any of the, other, it's not the cosmetic stuff. It's, it's the impact and the meaning. And, and that's what I take out of it more than anything else, but it looked really nice. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not big in the nuts and bolts of, of helmets and helmet stickers, but, uh, it did look nice. I will, uh, I will give it that. I did not see that coming, uh, from what you just heard from Steven Sai. Uh, you didn't hear it from Steven Sai. You heard it from, uh, Keegan Ota. No, Steven Sai is not on Cameo. We figured that out already. We, we haven't, we haven't hired Steven Sai for two bucks to voice anything we want. Uh, Steven Sai, uh, on social media, on Twitter, quote, best wishes to Hawaii men's basketball assistant coach Mike Thomas on his next adventure. He was impactful as a Hawaii men's basketball player and coach. I've always liked Mike Thomas. I don't, I don't know what's next for him. Um, and I, and I do wish him all the best. Uh, I had no idea that was coming, but. You know, the one thing that I, I always enjoyed about Mike Thomas, his passion for the game, not just from uh, his playing days, but, you know, when we we got to meet him uh, a couple of years ago when he was a guest on uh, on our pregame show in the, the first year of our pregame show. And he was working with, with youngsters. I think it was in California at the time. And you could see that he took the passion of the game from you know that from 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 being a player to turning it around to, to trying to build players that I, I thought he he was great in that role and and I, I liked him uh, in the role he was in at the University of Hawaii as someone who could uh, bring you that that experience and that passion and that energy and uh, you know, what it means to be a University of Hawaii men's basketball player as someone who lived it. And uh, it's a bummer. I, 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 I don't know anything more about it. Again, that's just from the uh, Stephen Sai tweet a few moments ago. Uh, but that's a bummer uh, because uh, I thought there was a good opportunity for him to, uh, you know, to, to be here and be a, a, a great part of that coaching staff. Uh, and hopefully there are some really good things for him uh, coming up very soon. Texter from the uh, 209. It's Thaddeus from Haleiwa who's listening in. Thank you, Thaddeus, for listening in. We were talking earlier about Shohei Otani. And uh, one of our previous texters, Patrick, who said, uh, hey, what do you think? Otani to Los Angeles or San Francisco? And I said, San Francisco, no. Um, as a fan, cool. 
realistically, no. Um, I don't think that's the identity of the team. I don't think it's worth it. Plus, San Francisco sub-500. Uh, I don't think you make that kind of a deal. If you were in a much better position in that division, maybe you do. Not now. That, he says, Otani is a great fit for any team, including the Giants. You get a top-tier pitcher and a power-hitting outfielder in one player. Giants are right there in the wild card race, and an addition like that could propel them not only into the playoffs, but possibly a playoff run. Even for just this one year, I think it would be a shot worth taking. That goes for other peripheral teams. Um, Shohei Otani is in a tier, a trade tier, that I don't think falls under the, how would I put it, um, the one-year kind of kind of rental tier. And by the way, Shohei Otani's contract is uh, cheap. He is going to make uh, a lot of money next year. He's got an arbitration year next year. His contract, $5.5 million in, in the final year of his two-year deal. Now, keep in mind, a lot of what was paid to get him was, was in the uh, the posting fee just to have an opportunity to, to put it a, a you know, a, a contract out there um, for Shohei to be able to land him. So $5.5 million, it's cheap. He was a $3 million player last year. It's an incredible steal. Um, but he's – take out contract and just look at, at type of player, star type of player. And I think there are tiers of teams that I think you consider as if you want a rental – which is what he could potentially be if you if you did decide that you would trade him if you if you wanted a rental, um, he does not fall in the periphery. The Mets deal that was done earlier with with Naquin uh, and and one other player from the Reds, that is what I would call kind of the periphery deal. If you want to add. You know, value not valuable names, but you want to add commodities that help you, uh, that bolster your depth. That is what I would consider um, deals for the periphery. Um, the Giants, I don't consider in the periphery level to make a deal that massive. To to me, um. In order to be in that position, I think you have to contend for the division. And if you're not contending for the division, I don't believe it's worth it to make that kind of a trade. Because you're making that deal to get to the World Series. You're not making that deal just to uh, get to the wild card and you know just kind of inch your way into the postseason. That's the kind of deal that gets you to a World Series. So teams that I immediately eliminate from that conversation, I, I eliminate San Francisco because they right now are not in the wild card race. They are games out, but they are not games in. Um, I would eliminate I, – I, I, I think San Diego is a tweener, but I think San Diego – I would eliminate them just because I think they don't want Shohei Otani. I think they'd rather have Juan Soto. And uh, the, the rumor mill has it that they are actively uh, actively looking into that. I would um, I would throw out Philly 
They're nine and a half back in the National League East. I would not consider them a team that is uh, a real contender there. And then um, I would I would throw out Tampa in the American League East. That that doesn't fit what Tampa is anyway. And uh, I would throw out Toronto. Uh, although some people think Toronto could be one of those dark horse teams to get to the World Series. I they're but they're just so young and fun that I don't think they need it. I don't I don't think they need the infusion of a two-way player to take them to the next step. They're they're just so great to watch every night that their time is going to get there. So, I mean that honestly that leaves you with I I know I know I don't want to say the Yankees. Uh, you have to I think that leaves you with real contenders, Yankees, Mariners, Dodgers. And if you want to throw the Braves in that conversation, you want to throw the Cardinals in that conversation. Those are the five teams that I think are in the per- not the periphery, but I think for a player like that, you want a World Series, then you throw whatever you have to in there to get Shohei Otani for the final couple of months of the season to win a World Series. And uh, if the reports are saying that the Angels are more prone to listening now than they have been uh, uh, than they have been previously, then you've got to give everything you got in order to make that particular move. I'll give you a front runner. If I had to name one, um, I think my front runner would go to Seattle. Again, I want to see it. They're young. Uh, but I think that there is a – I think you're just kind of yearning for that one piece to take you to the next level. Seattle right now in the West, they are 10 back, but they are uh, – they're, they're just so fun. They're, they're in the fringe of what I would consider a team that could make that kind of a move, but just so fun. I mean, why not? Honestly, why not? Sports Center update with Keegan Oates in less than 10 minutes away. This is ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Uh, let's get back to the Zephyr Insurance text line. We've kind of just skipped through it here and there. Uh, but the Zephyr Insurance text line where some of you have been, including Texter from the 721. We referenced this yesterday. Jeff, the sun god, Reinbold. Joining Timmy staff as player development coordinator. That's what uh, the texter from the 721 is asking. Uh, he says Stephen Sai is reporting that. I did see uh, that Jeff Reinbold is uh, flying back here. He was on the mainland. He's doing work for, um, I think it's Major League Football. And uh, he's been doing his podcast. He's been doing work with uh, Sky Sports as an NFL analyst. Uh, he, I think he just did a, who's been working with recently? He, uh, uh, oh, Jerry Glanville. Jerry Glanville is who he was working with. But Coach Reinbold said it is true. So uh, it's not just according to Stephen Sy. Jeff Reinbold three hours ago confirmed this. Said, it's true, Shoe. This is to uh, Coach on Twitter. After 15 years and four head coaches, I get to come home. He said, uh, this is uh, Myron Newberry, this is the coach he was talking to. He said, you got to be our guy in North Texas. 
Hashtag Texas Connection. Hashtag Brotherhood. I mean, Coach Reinbold is, uh, uh, I, I think he's perfect for this as uh, what's been called a, a player development coordinator, I think is uh, is how it was described. And he's, he's perfect for it. And and the best thing about uh, the, the coaching collection, the staff collection of individuals, is and and I and why I like the makeup of this staff as compared to maybe previous staffs and I and I like the addition of Coach Reinbold. I don't think UH has announced it, uh, but Coach Reinbold just said it on on Twitter, so it's 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 going to happen. Is um, every coach has just kind of their own personality. You've got you've got one coach who's got brotherhood with Zoa energy logos tattooed on his forearm. I mean, coach Reinbold is as uh, as real of a dude as you will find anywhere. You've got um you've got a different personality practically at every position uh, on that staff. And the best thing about it is for every personality, I, I think of the the last couple of months leading here into fall camp, but also going through all the different events that have gone on, the Brotherhood Grinds programs, and the opportunities for us to, uh, to to get to know all of these coaches. The best thing about it, in most situations, you have a collection of people like that that are are so different and have their own personalities and and. Uh, Kind of, kind of their own way of doing things. It can go really, really awry. But it's not what I see with this staff. Uh, I like that this staff is, in a way, so different, yet at the same time, so focused on the same task that all those differences actually help to at least from my vantage point, kind of like build up the common goal. So adding a, a Jeff Reinbold into the mix as a player development coordinator, as uh, um, as he confirms here, I think is actually really neat. And uh, and, and uh, I think we'll, you know, his, his time in the game, not just here, but his time professionally, his contacts that he has, I think, is gonna, uh, I think, is gonna be really invaluable to this staff. So, uh, that's a, a a pretty neat hire. Uh, first reported by uh, Stephen Sy, Texer from the seven nine seven. We were talking earlier about uh, speaking of University of Hawaii football. We were talking earlier about cameo. Someone spent money on uh, William Hung. Hey, Keegan. By the way, find out. I didn't look at this earlier. How much is a William Hung cameo? Someone hired him to do a cameo and, and voice support for the University of Hawaii football team, and he mentioned the coaches. Uh, he mentioned uh, Coach Timmy Chang. He said, go Bows! Uh, I mean, he said Coach Keiki, right? <laughs> but he, go Bows! Oh, that's why William Hung's William Hung. Anyway, how much is a, a William Hung cameo, Keegan? You could just say it. You know, you $39 plus. $39 plus. <laughs> I would have asked for like a $5 discount for getting bows wrong and saying bows instead. But then again, 
I guess that makes me sound like a cheapskate. Give me five bucks back. You didn't get this right. Uh, texter from the 797, since we were floating out the idea of doing our own cameo. Pacheco cameo fee, pro bono. <laughs> I guess you, you have to earn your way to getting the big bucks, right? Um, but cameo wouldn't allow that because they still need to make money because the the what the service charge, right? It's 39 bucks. I think uh, William Hung after service fee and taxes is probably making what 28 to 30 off of that. So uh, cameo's not gonna get free off of free. Gonna have to make something off of that. But uh, but hey, the idea is out there at least. Oh, one more hour to go here on the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. I feel like the theme of the day today has been uh, getting pulled like in every which direction. Like, I feel like we all kind of have today. Uh, we've had a lot of people here behind the scenes that have been doing just yeoman's work. Uh, we've had... Uh, Everything from uh, from utility work knocking us off the air for a while. We had extra versions of uh, the the sports animals, the sports animals of the Bobby Curran show this morning. We we had it was uh, uh, it was a very different day. We've been kind of pulled all over the place. We've kind of made the most of the day, which is kind of what uh, what you try to do every day. And uh, and I feel like we've we've done that as best as we possibly can. So. Uh, great work by our entire team behind the scenes today in, uh, in helping us bring great content to you. Speaking of content, uh, we'll get back to the uh, Shohei Otani conversation because uh, it just seems like that's picking up more steam and more steam and more steam every hour. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll talk about that coming up a little bit later on in the program. You can text us at 808-296-1420. You can call us at 808-296-1420. You can send us your tweets at Sports Animals, and uh, you can get to me at Josh on the radio. Uh, one of the uh, top stories this afternoon, and it kind of came down when we were on the air today, uh, Kyler Murray no, ha no longer is forced to watch four hours of film per week without repercussion. It's you could frame this however you want. I framed it that way just to have a little more fun. Uh, but realistically, Kyler Murray's been kind of thrown through this really weird public spin cycle in the last 24 to 36 hours of um, what is Kyler Murray? Uh, you know, what is his work ethic? Is Kyler this? Is Kyler that? I mean, um, one of the downfalls of the instant gratification society that we are in is that you read a story or you read part of a story based on a text message and uh, – or not a text message or a tweet, and all of a sudden you kind of have to have a, uh, a take on it. That becomes wildfire, or you say something a certain way, it becomes wildfire, and, and, and all of a sudden um, you've got a story – that may be bigger than the actual story. Yesterday it was the clause in Kyler Murray's contract that stated he needed to watch four hours uh, of film per week uninterrupted. So, you know, no video games, no TV, um, no, 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 uh, no binging on Stranger Things on Netflix. 
during your, which I've never watched, during your uh, four hours of study. You are, you're doing your work. And so uh, that led to Kyler Murray getting in front of the media today. And that led to Kyler Murray explaining why he felt like he had to get in front of the media today. This was Kyler earlier. Uh, earlier. Take a listen. And I don't do this often. I don't talk about myself, but today I feel like I have to. And so I'm going to list the accolades. You know, to go 43-0 in high school in Texas, um, some are going to say, oh, it's high school. That's cool, but nobody else has done it. Um, go to college, win the Heisman. Um, get drafted number one overall to the NFL, get drafted number nine overall to MLB. Again, no one's ever done it. There's multiple different ways to watch film. And, you know, of course, we all watch film. That's not um, – that doesn't need to be questioned. Um, but, it's again, I, you know, I, I refuse to, to let my work ethic, my preparation be, um, be in question. You know, I've put an incomprehensible amount of uh, time and, and blood, sweat, tears, and work into what I do, uh, whether, whether it's football or baseball, you know, People can't even comprehend the amount of time that it takes to, to do two sports at a high level in college, you know, let alone do it, you know, be the first person to do it ever at, at my size. It's like I said, this is um, it's funny. But, I, you know, to, to those of you out there that believe that I'd be standing here today in front of you all without having a work ethic and without preparing, I'm, I'm honored that you think that. But um, it, it doesn't exist. It's not it's not possible. It's not possible. It is one of my um, my favorite sound bites of the month. And uh, there have been there have been some good ones. Usually, there's a there's a good Charles Barkley bite every uh, every month somewhere. He's had a few recently because of the potential that he could be joining the Live Tour as a TV analyst on whatever you know what YouTube. <laughs> um, uh, there are some good sound bites to go around, and that one, all seventy one seconds of that one was as good as we've gotten this month. I'm good. Don't you ever question it. And I have my reasons as to how I am good. Don't kid yourself. Now that was this morning. Ultimately, it would lead to uh, what the Arizona Cardinals would announce just less than two hours ago. They were removing... The uh, the clause about uh, you know going and studying, they removed that from his contract in their statement, saying, and I quote: "After seeing the distraction it created, we removed the addendum from the contract. It was clearly perceived in ways that were never intended. Our confidence in Kyler Murray is as high as it's ever been, and nothing demonstrates our belief in his ability to lead this team more than the commitment reflected in this contract." Close quote. Is it possible that everybody can lose? You know, you always hear the saying there there's a there's a winner and there's a loser. That's not true because you can play a sport and no one can win and no one can lose. Right? It's called um it's called soccer <laughs> where, you, where you can end in ties. Uh but all you get is points. The winner-loser thing is dead wrong. You can have two losers in the same conversation. And uh, and we have it here. Yet at the same time, 
You can lose and win, and it's not mutually exclusive. I know. I'll, I'll, I'll unpack this. Kyler Murray comes off as someone that has uh, a lot to prove. And if you're Arizona, the only thing that I think you hope for out of this is that you've taken one of those those lighters, whichever one you prefer, the one that you uh, uh, you you take your finger and you 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 swipe down to try to try to start those little like those big lighters or or the ones that the the longer ones that you uh, you you click. You know which ones I'm talking about. If you like candles or or whatever it is that you light, I don't need to know. Um, you're hoping that you've taken one of those and you've stuck it right underneath his backside like him sticking his hands underneath the center and you have lit the all-too-proverbial fire under Kyler Murray's backside. Because if you have, then there's your one win. That the silliness of the foolishness of the last uh, 24 to 36 hours leads to what the intended goal is. This is the distraction to the goal. The goal is Kyler Murray is an all-pro quarterback that gets you to the playoffs. The goal is eventually Kyler Murray gets you to a Super Bowl, whether you have the team to do it or not. This is, you know, this contract is the ultimate test of whether Kyler Murray is indeed the quarterback that is worth the money that um, he is getting. And he's getting a lot of it. Second highest uh, contract in the NFL. He's getting a lot of money. The We paid so much attention to the words. And, you know, it's the only thing we really had to grasp, right? Because that was, if you didn't read the story, you saw the tweet. If you didn't read the tweet and you didn't read the story... You listen to sports talk radio and you listen to knuckleheads talk about it for a while. But it was it it was words. We all got hyped up on words. The words were just the the foundation to the big picture. The big picture is we need a leader. We need someone who is going to value what is being given to him. We need someone that is... Uh, we need someone that is going to live up to the hype. And living up to the hype is not the individual accolades. The living up to the hype is uh, the ascension of the team. So when I say that it's possible for two teams to lose, or for two parties to lose and yet one party to win and lose at the same time. Both Arizona and Kyler Murray lost. Arizona loses because they look like hypocrites. Oh, we are so confident that he is our guy. He can lead this team. We are confident in his abilities. 
as you write down something in his contract that says, please sit down and study film for four hours without distraction. If not, uh, you will default on your contract. There, There is nothing, <laughs> there are very few things, not nothing, there are very few things that are more, uh, you know, that, that don't go together like oil and water, like belief in leading versus... But we need to put in your contract that you have to study for four hours because we wouldn't do this for anybody else. That's your that's your oil and water. They don't mix. Those words and actions don't mix. Um, and so it makes the team look just frankly silly that they even had to do such a thing for a contract that was worth nine figures. Uh, but Kyler Murray looks silly too. If you just didn't walk to the podium today, I don't know if this happens where they remove the 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 addendum from the contract. I don't know if that happens. But if he just doesn't go to the podium, what are the chances that we start to forget about the fact that Kyler Murray maybe has um, not a problem? But he has an ego that he won't overcome. What do I mean by that? I mean that we're not – nobody, I think, in their right mind would call Kyler Murray lazy. He's not. He's an NFL quarterback. Um, you, you don't get to the NFL as a quarterback by uh, just sitting on your butt playing video games for 12 hours and uh, – Keegan, you're not getting to the NFL. I know you play a lot of video games, not 12 hours worth, but no, I'm not talking about you. Um, you don't get to the NFL sitting on your butt for 12 hours playing video games, working out for two hours, and then just kind of living your own life. And, you know, occasionally putting in the extra work. There are a lot of sacrifices to make that happen. It's not laziness. It's... it's um, it's the details, right? It's how you do the work. It's not whether you do the work. It's not whether you're lazy. It's not not anything like that. It is it's how you do the work. And that is what I think is is missed in this whole thing. I don't give two bleeps that Kyler Murray went 43 and 0 in high school in Texas. Sounds cool. Texas is great for high school football, could care less. And I think any fan in Arizona um, could care less about that too. What does it mean right now? Absolutely nothing. I could care less uh, that he, for whatever reason, you know, he could play two sports at a high level, baseball, uh, baseball and football. Why? Right? Because I couldn't care less. Whatever. Whatever. Don't care. Could give two bleeps about that, that he could potentially play two sports professionally. He's not, so it doesn't matter. What Kyler's not getting is that he is being hinted at that his method of preparation, not saying he doesn't prepare, not saying he's lazy, because he's not, not saying he's any of those things, because I think a lot of that is... Pretty derogatory, I think, towards someone in 
um, you know, their ideals. It's not that. It's the method. That the method of how he's gotten here is not good enough. And that all the questions about him and his leadership shows that it is not good enough. So... Kyler went through that whole thing, went through that press conference, you know, with with all of his personal stuff and the me, me, me stuff, and I'm this, and, you know, hey, I I could not have gotten here if I was lazy, so I'm not that. Don't get caught in that. Me, me, Kyler this, Kyler that. Um, Not the point. The point is you need to improve what you do. And anybody at this level... Should have to. Uh, once you kind of feel like what you've done is good enough, which is kind of like what I heard today, which was just almost, it was annoying. That, that was the annoying part. What I heard today was along the lines of, hey, I'm here because I'm good enough at this, and I've done this this way, so of course I'm here. Any of this stuff to say otherwise is just nonsense. Um, what you did in high school is not going to be good enough to get you through an NFL career, so uh, knock all that nonsense off right now. Get better. Uh, adapt, adjust, learn, keep learning, keep adapting, keep adjusting, keep you know, studying, keep getting better. The other side, it is the sports animals, by the way, here on ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. The other side, I, I said you can win and lose it all, all at the same time. And that is where I would bring the Cardinals back into the picture the uh, the Cardinals are also a winner here because the message is now sent. You can take it out of the contract, but it we've all talked about it already. It is it's not going away. It's gonna seep right there. It's not going anywhere. Text message sent. Message received. Kyler, wake up. The only thing about it is it's just not in writing. But I think it doesn't need to be at this point. I think we've all got. Got a Sports Center update coming up in uh, just about eight minutes here on ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. By the way, uh, Alex Wood has not allowed a hit for the San Francisco Giants as they are in the bottom of the fifth inning. Giants 4-0 lead on the Chicago Cubs. Their uh, bottom fifth. The Giants, frankly, have been bad. They have they've been bad. Uh, but it, if Alex Wood can keep this up, that would be great news. So we'll keep watching that uh, as we go here over the next uh, about 35 minutes here on the radio program uh, as the Giants hold a 4-0 lead on the Chicago Cubs. Uh, don't forget, tomorrow uh, we will have the... Uh, the New York Yankees against the Kansas City Royals. That on our sister station, CBS 1500. Uh, tomorrow, I believe that's about uh, 1225 broadcast time for that. And today, that was pretty big because uh, you had a scoreless game going to the bottom of the ninth inning. And uh, what did you ultimately have? An Aaron Judge walk-off home run on the, uh, on the day that Andrew Benintendi made his Yankees debut, went 0 for... It was Judge that would uh, that would win the day. 
so we'll uh, we'll follow those scores and more coming up on uh, Sports Center in uh, just a little while, just after the uh, bottom of the hour. The other big thing that has been uh, talked about obsessively here over the last, really over the last week, is whether Shohei Otani can actually get dealt. We're watching him right now pitch well, yet he's got no run support, and I and I realize part of that is him. He's uh, he's also hitting. He's got no run support. He's thrown 93 pitches in, what, five and two-thirds. He has uh, struck out a bunch of batters, but his team's down. It, it's it's 2 nothing, top of the sixth inning. And, and what does he have on his ledger today? Uh, Ten strikeouts. No, 11 strikeouts, I beg your pardon, in five and two-thirds innings. That line along with the fact that the offense is just abysmal, is part of every reason why you make the trade before the deadline. While he's cheap, he's as cheap as he could be. Um, You're going to get a lot back for him probably because of, I think, how desperate some teams might be to actually want him. And additionally, how much they're going to have to pay eventually. There's an arbitration year next year, and you know he's going to make a good amount of money through arbitration next year um, in, in year three. It would – everything that I'm watching right in front of me right now and what we have seen over the last couple of weeks, everything says it's time to end this. You know – you can't keep having a guy give you pretty much everything he's got. A, you know, a, a sub three ERA, a strikeout machine. You can't keep ha- putting that guy out there every fifth day on the mound, having him hit every single night with a batting average that probably could be better. It's a 256. Um, and think that these results are worth keeping him through an arbitration year and then I don't know what you're going to do in 2024, how that's going to play out as he strikes out his 12th batter. Or I, no, I'm sorry, I thought he struck out his 12th batter. He probably will in a second. Uh, <laughs> what was that, 101 on his fastball? I think it was. Anyway, you can't justify it anymore. You You can't literally think right now that trotting him out on a losing team that has no expectations of getting better is going to do you any good. See here, the other thing to to think about, and we didn't, uh, we didn't say this earlier. The other thing to think about is by the time we hit 2024, which I know is a long time away, it's a, it's a year and a half. But after that arbitration year, technically he's a free agent in 2024. I am willing to believe Shohei Otani is going to say he doesn't want to be in uh, in Anaheim anymore. Because honestly, when you're that good and you're stuck in a franchise that has really no, uh, no, no real value of winning... 
and you're a winner. I mean, he, that he, that is what he is. He's a winner that is willing to do anything for the sport that he loves. He'll be a gentleman. He'll be a home run uh, derby contender. He'll do whatever he needs to do in the all-star game. He'll do every media availability. He'll, you know, he'll pitch and hit in the same game. He'll do literally everything. If that franchise still sucks next year and he's still there, I can guarantee you that that team will have no shot in bringing him back in 2024. And honestly, by the way that franchise is moving, they will not be good next year. So realistically, whatever you could get back, and again, he's on a what? A, a two-year, $8 million deal, which is, which is silly. Um, you're going to get a lot more than that $8 million of value over two years, and you're not going to have to deal with arbitration. This this is as good of a time as you'll ever have now, uh, value-wise. Let it, let anybody else deal with 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 an arbitration headache, or let them work something out. Let them let them work out a new contract before that, because he's going to get so much money um, beyond what he's making now. Let them deal with that. You're going nowhere. And 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 sometimes the best business is actually doing something that is best for the player. And what is best for the player is just to say, hey, we appreciate everything you've done. You've been you've been great. You've been a a tremendous ambassador for the team. But uh, we're going to try to send you to someone who will contend because that's the best thing we can do for you. Stat line. Thank you, Kiganota. Angels with Shohei Otani are 37 games under 500 with Otani as a member of that team. Now, remember, by the way, that's not all on him. Um, you have to remember, Mike Trout plays there too, and he's been considered one of the best in the game. He's also been hurt. They have had, let's see, in those three years, was Mike Sosha coaching his first year? I don't, I don't think so. I think he was there post-Sosha. You've had... Three different managers at minimum. Um, both Nevin this year and uh, uh, the former Rays manager, Joe Madden, before that. And then you had the former manager, I think, in uh, – I can't remember his name, but you had a younger – former catcher who was a manager. Brad Osmus. Thank you, Keegan. They've gone through, what, three managers, I think, in Shohei Otani's time in, in L.A. With the two or four. What, so was Sosha there, too? Sosha was. Okay. Sosha was there. Sosha was there in 2018. That was his last year. Okay. But, and Otani started in 2018. Okay. Sosha. So Sosha, Osmus, Madden, and Nevin. Nevin the interim. Four managers, two of the best players to play this sport currently, and you're 37 games under 500 in that stretch. It's a no-brainer. Everything says, move on. Everything says, 
thank you. We'll show you our appreciation by uh, by giving you a chance to win something somewhere else. Final thoughts coming up in uh, just a moment. It's been just kind of a, a an all over the place yet fun, almost non-scripted kind of a Thursday. Not like we ever we never script the show. Don't don't get me wrong. Um, but it's a show that you could prepare for all you want, yet at the same time, never kind of take it the way it normally would go. That, that's kind of what I would say uh, today's show has been. It's been just kind of uh, uh, just just kind of a, a little bit of everywhere based on where everything's taken us. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to men's basketball over the coming year. Um, I can't wait for the the uh, full UH men's basketball schedule to come out once we get the rest of the non-conference and we we see how that slots in the official announcement of the Rainbow Classic. Uh, whatever uh, the one we think uh, non-conference road game, all of those things. I'm I'm excited to see what comes of it. I, I was a little surprised with uh, one of the pieces of news that was uh, brought down yesterday. It was announced by Shamanad was that uh, Cameron Ng is going to join the Shamanad uh, men's basketball team, not for this coming season, but for the 2023-2024 season. And I, I say I'm surprised by it a little bit just because, you know, we've gotten to see Cam, um, you know, this will be his third team now in, I think, four or five years, I, I, I believe it is. You got to factor in the, the COVID years in there. Um, you know, Cameron, I got to see Cameron at UH Hilo last year when I did uh, UH Hilo men's basketball games. And I, I honestly saw a, a, a young man who was who was having fun, you know. Um, I think Cam's been kind of hoping for the opportunity to have that fun, uh, but also have that lead to you know a, a lot of opportunities to play. You know, last year in, in doing a number of those UH Hilo games, you know there he was someone who mostly came off the bench. But he made a lot of impact when he did come off the bench. Um, there were a couple of, of high-scoring uh, efficiency types of games that he put together when his name was called. Uh, there were a few starts that he had later in the year. Uh, some of that, I think, was due to uh, I think was due to health and safety protocols and and injury. So he did get a few starts in there, but he, he did ab- achieve the objective of being able to go somewhere and and get a lot more playing time. I mean, let's face it, at the University of Hawaii, he didn't have a lot of playing time. He was toward the back end of the bench. It was hard for him to break through. I mean, he he still was one of those guys that did make the the, the travel part of the team, so he did go on the road um, and did all the right things. Just loved the game so much he wanted to play more, and did get that opportunity at the University of Hawaii at Hilo, but I think um, still wanted that opportunity to do even more than that. Uh, so Shamanad will be his destination for the 2023 and 2024 season. And, um, you know, make no mistake, I think his ability to shoot 
is one of his his biggest strengths. I think for him to see more of the field when he gets back out there and you know the opportunity to be closer to home and you know his his brother plays at at HPU that's kind of a kind of a cool thing. The the thing I'd like to see um I've seen improvement from him as a defensive player on the basketball floor. Um that improvement's got to continue because it's only going to get it, it it's going to get tougher and being at Chaminade where you will play some division 1 competition very early on uh with the uh, I mean they're not on the Maui Invitational next year but they will I think have some exhibition games as part of um the agreement with the Maui Jim Maui Invitational they'll play one or two division 1 teams I I think his ticket to seeing more time on the floor maybe earning an opportunity as a starter. I think his ticket really is going to come from defense because offensively he has he has a, a good vision as a passer. He's got a good mid-range shot which I think actually I think his mid-range shot actually improved uh in the last few years. Good with the dribble, can run an offense, um is unselfish. He's got a lot of those things. You know, that can take you through the high school level, uh, but you've got to add a, a, a top-notch defender to that list, and I think he's getting there. I think he's improved there, but I think that's where he's he's got to make more improvements. But, I, I mean, I will say I'm excited to see him up here um, for 2023 and 2024 uh, and to see him try to uh, try to stick and land and, and, and have family watch him. He's a good kid, and uh, I enjoyed calling some of his games in high school. I enjoyed calling uh, calling a lot of his games last year at UH Hilo. Um, great, great energy, great attitude. Uh, I think just for that sake, I just want to see him have success in one place and 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 be happy there. And, and hopefully, Shamanad's that place. All right, final thought coming up in just a moment. Uh, first, Keegan Oates, just repeat the stat that you just gave me during the break on uh, on Shohei Otani, just because uh, we've had fun with him and uh, whether the impact is uh, enough to trade him. Give me the stat that uh, give the audience the stat that you just gave me here. Okay, so this goes back to the Sports Illustrated article that was written back on July seventh. So I haven't really calculated the, the record from here, but basically back on July seventh, if you were to take all the games Shohei Otani was in as well as or the rest of everything that happens. Shohei Otani, when the Angels, when he is on the mound or has hit a home run in that game, yeah. 16 and 11. If you take the rest of the games that either of those have not happened, the Angels are 22 and 37. Again, going back to July 7th. I've not gone in anywhere from there through past the All-Star break and whatnot. Don't bother. July 7th, they suck. Those are the numbers. They they suck since the All-Star break. Don't bother. You're, you're, you're going to just find a lot of losses there. <laughs> I mean, they're losing right now. Uh, bottom of the seventh inning, they're down two to nothing. Even though he had a, a, a really strong day on the mound, leaves after six innings, double-digit strikeouts, all of those things, and yet here they are. Um, you you watch someone put out a a great performance, and he can help himself at the plate because you know, of course, the new rule this year that you can, if you're a pitcher uh, and you hit, you can stay in the game to hit, even though you're out of the game as a pitcher. Um, you can help yourself there. The, the fact remains they should be a lot better than uh, than what they are and it's just it's it's disappointing and it's almost pathetic to see how bad they've been uh, 
Before our final thought, uh, one note, baseball should be fun. Uh, credit to Hanser Alberto of the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers. He's having fun. His team is having fun because his team is just ripping the th- ripping the you-know-what out of the Colorado Rockies right now. Uh, I gave you the score just a moment ago. What was it, 16? Uh, well, it's final now. Uh, the Dodgers won it, and they won it by a loss, 13 to nothing. The Dodgers are 66-32 and 32 as they'll play game number 99 tomorrow. Uh, but you know you're having fun when you don't really need to care about the game. Hanser Alberto has been playing uh, rock, paper, scissors during the uh, blowout win with young fans there at Coors Field. And every time he loses in a game of rock, paper, scissors, he gives the fan that he loses to uh, a signed baseball. So, uh, so good on him. That's a pretty cool thing to do. And you know what? We saw uh, in, in Toronto's route of Boston, we saw someone make a, um, a, a fruit cocktail in the dugout. Here, this is a little more productive. Fans can enjoy it a little bit more. Rock, paper, scissors for a signed baseball. All good. Good charity work. Nice job by Alberto there for the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers. Final thought today, though, goes on something we've talked about here and there over the course of the show is what – what kind of a message needs to be sent to tell you that you need to do more? Um, and the different, a, I mean, either the different ways you can send that message, or um, the other, the other way you can look at it is um, the meaning or or the seriousness of the message being sent. And in the last twenty four to thirty six hours. All of the eyes have been on both Kyler Murray and Zion Williamson for their respective contracts and for, uh, you know, the the different clauses that were in those contracts. Now, again, the the clause for Kyler Murray is not there, but uh, the clause for Zion Williamson that he has to keep his weight under 295, that's still there, uh, and he'll forfeit some money. If he basically goes and he'll be weighed regularly, and if he's out of shape, they're they're gonna forfeit some of his money. Um, it tells you two things that don't you know don't go too much farther than this, and I think you'll kind of understand it from here on out. A, it tells you that teams are realizing, you know what, we know we're gonna have to spend a lot of money to be competitive. We know we're gonna have to. Um, you know, pr- salaries are only going up, and we know that that includes what we do. So, you know, that's not going to change. And, and, you know, you you understand it, and you operate your franchise accordingly. And you, ha- you have to do it. Um, but you also realize that the more money you spend, the more you have to show that there has to be accountability. And that is the way you do it in clauses and contracts, and, and that's – what you see here with the accountability of putting things in like four hours of studying or keeping your weight under 295. Um, and especially given in, in both instances, Zion Williamson has played 80 some odd games in three years. Kyler Murray has basically admitted he watches just enough film that he has to watch because he doesn't need to, he just needs to just see what's in front of him and he does. 
uh, that's not good enough for some of those teams, and they've made that abundantly clear whether the language is, is there or not. But secondly, uh, the, the bigger question or the bigger thing we take away from it is how much uh, you learn about the athlete when they are faced with that question of having something like that put in front of them. And while Kyler Murray is a wait and see, because all we have as a reaction, even though the the deal isn't that new, um, all we have is the reaction of, hey, I'm this. I'm just fine. Uh, what we got with Zion Williamson, action. Sired a personal chef. Uh, he's on a program. Try to keep his weight down. They need him healthy. That's That's the other part of it. So... He's done his work. Um, you you can't say that he has not taken all that to heart. He's at least putting the action into it, and it's being shown. Now it's time to see that actionable stuff from Kyler Murray. And that can be the most rewarding thing out of all of this is the actionable impact of uh, of what you get to see some scores by the way uh 13 and under babe ruth baseball kato hawaii loses to westchester california six to five they're going to be in an elimination game on friday hawaii elite 26 falling in the 14 and under in hanford california to tri valley california uh 10 to nothing they will be in an elimination game on friday spartans lose in the 15 and under to torrance california five to two they will be in an elimination game on Friday as well. Uh, thank you to Keegan Ota. We'll have Riley Wagner tomorrow, uh, University of Hawaii Rainbow Wahine volleyball player. That volleyball season is a month away.